TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. It is indeed. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Welcome and welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And the lyrics just keep, the country music lyrics just keep <clears throat> pouring in. Got the fair lane up on blocks, holes in all our socks. 224 texture. I see her every once in a while, I lower my head, she gives me a smile. Tells me I'm looking real good, I wish I could burn her like firewood. Whoa! There's a man with an issue. A little aggressive. 847, can't beat, quote, Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. <laughs> I love country music lyrics. 708 texture. Pink flamingos in the front yard. Picture window with a view of Walmart. Uh, 708 texture. You must ab- you absolutely must listen to lifestyles of the not so rich and famous. All right. You go look that up, Tyler. I don't know who did that. I know it's <clears throat> not Robin. Okay, this is a meeting of the Wake and Bake Club. And I got to tell you, guess who's getting into the pot game? Brother, smoke weed every day. Hulk Hogan has endured 28 surgeries over the last decade after years of wrestling and says, I always joked that I didn't get the memo that this stuff was fake. And after the 10 back surgeries and two knees and two hips and the situation, you do get hurt out there all the time. He was telling TMZ sports TV show. But he says, I feel better than I've ever felt at 69 years old. I feel like I'm 25 again. He's talking about physical ailments and just making a comeback to Feeling like a human being. Quote, it definitely helped me. And he's talking about THC, and he's talking about weed, and he's talking about CBD. Tylenol, Advil, Aleve wasn't working for me. As I moved away from that and got into the CBD world, it really changed the game from my sleep to the inflammation, the way my wrists and my joints hurt. Across the board, it helped me with my health. So much so that Hulk Hogan, brother, Smoke weed every day. Is launching his own brand with a company behind Mike Tyson's 2.0 and Ric Flair's Ric Flair Drip. The company is called Karma Hold Co. Quote, when I saw what Rick and Mike were doing, I instantly wanted to get in on the 
get on that team because you use CBD for energy, for sleep, for fitness. It just made sense. This is Hulk Hogan, and he's getting into his partner, Chad Bronstein, Karma's president, was also on the show, the TMZ Sports Show, that the health and wellness brand that Hulk Hogan will be part of will feature not just CBD and THC, but also functional mushrooms, which sounds like a group at Lollapalooza or Riot Fest or Pitchfork. So we heard that from Hulk Hogan. Now we hear this from a former Minnesota governor, but you know him better as Jesse the Body Ventura. Minnesota, on Tuesday, became the 23rd state to legalize weed for recreational purposes. Governor Tim Walls put a signature on the bill. Adults 21 and over can carry up to two ounces in public and possess up to two pounds at home. And that starts August 1st. (laughs) Jesse the Body Ventura, we were always told everything was here for us to use now in Minnesota. We'll be able to use this plant said Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto author. He's credited Pot with stopping his wife's seizure condition. After years of prohibition, he was quoted as saying, we didn't want any families to go through what the first lady and I went through. Said the pro wrestler turned governor who was in office from 1999 until 2003. I'll end this by saying, this was pointed out to me by Joey Ice, the former Frozen guy in my Trader Joe's, because it involves a wrestler ending his laudatory comments about Minnesota legalizing pot. Jimi Hendrix is looking down on Minnesota and smiling. Purple haze, indeed. And I, I did... I did had a chance to interview Jesse Ventura and he was spectacular. Jesse Ventura was the governor of Minnesota. He ran on the libertarian and everybody laughed at him. And there he was, he was governor. And he told this, this reflects on because what the bears are trying to do, put their hand out here. We want this. We're going to dictate this. We want this. We don't want to pay this much money. Jesse Ventura told the twins no. The twins wanted a new ballpark. No. Now, Jesse Ventura fought for the twins not to be contracted. I got news for you. There was a time 20 years ago, 22 years ago, where MLB was going to contract, was going to pay teams to go away. The 3M, Montreal, Minnesota, and Milwaukee. They're going to pay them to go away. We're going to contract you. We're going to fold. And Jesse Ventura fought for <clears throat> he fought for the twins. He fought against MLB. Keep them. You're going to stay here. We're going to find a way to do it. A lot of things had to happen for baseball to get right, and, and there were work stoppages, and there were things that bought him time. But the twins wanted a new ballpark and just said, no, we're not doing that. You're not getting public money for that. What are your 
go go to your league. Get it from your league. And then the league says, well, we'll contract you. Just says, no, you can't do that. You don't want to do that. But he said, we need, among other things, we need a, night, a light rail in Minnesota. We need it here. And that's more important than giving the Twins a baseball stadium. I would love Jesse Ventura to be the governor here or the mayor of Arlington Heights. No. No, Kevin Warren, no. You're not getting that. Now what? What's next? You're going to give us that Neighborville clown show again? How about Rockford? Yeah, right. Hold your breath until you're turning blue. Anyways, Jesse was, and at the time, somewhere in the early 2000s, 2002, 3, 4, 5, after he'd done that, he started looking like Captain Jack Sparrow's uncle, the crazy uncle, the loud uncle. He looked like he was the model for Johnny Depp's Pirates of the Caribbean character. He had the the bohemian, the whole, the, the beard with the four, and I don't even know what you call them, but we would have been a Fu Manchu, but there were four things hanging. They had like a stone in them. Jesse Ventura was great. I have no idea if this is legit or not or wrestling stuff. But when I told Tyler, Tyler Buterbaugh, my first, you know, making his first and last appearance as producer around here, and I said, I want it, we got, we got W-E-E-D. We got wrestlers talking about pot. Hulk Hogan and Disney Ventura. He goes, oh, you got to hear this. I found this. So we're all going to hear this. Tyler? Hey, this is Jesse the Nobody Ventura, and I'm the biggest <laughs> in the wrestling business. Whoa. Because I'm a coward. And I don't But he knows in the dressing room that all I did was talk about being in the Navy SEALs, but I'm really a coward. And I only went to Japan one time, and I couldn't take it because it was too rough on me. But, you know, I, I smoked a lot of pot in the governor's mansion, and then the next thing I knew, I was booted out of my ear. And uh, I'm Jesse the Nobody Ventura, and even I was scared of Greg Gagne. What's up? That was Hulk Hogan, right? Share with the class what that was. <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, that was Hulk Hogan. He was on an interview. And he's on an interview, and <laughs> I don't, was it legit? Do you think it was legit? Where did you get that? I literally just looked up Hulk Hogan and Ventura on YouTube, and it was like one of the first things that popped up. This was like four months ago. He was on an interview. This is recent. Oh, yeah, this is very, very recent. This is not like that. So, is there an AARP match that they're going to be in? Is this are they ginning it up, or is there genuine dislike? See, I don't know. We should have really. We need Lawrence. Lawrence would be here. He knows all the wrestlings. What's legit? What's not? All the wrestling <clears throat> feuds, friendships, turning heel, and all of the all of the things that are are <clears throat> supposedly true or not, but what they want you to believe. And and the act. So I don't know. Is that a legitimately? I'm gonna is that a legitimate to, feud? I'm gonna have to see. I'm gonna look up to see if there's an actual feud because yeah, it was on the uh, the Bubba Army podcast. Oh, that, uh, well, from sure. like seven months ago. Bubba <laughs> Army says credibility like that. Okay, so that was the the WB Club. We got Hulk Hogan. We got Jesse Ventura, and then we got Hulk Hogan. Imitating Jesse Ventura 
I love Jesse. I thought it was great. And and when I think about the Bears doing this now and then they met with or had a phone call or they did whatever kind of dance they feel they have to do, whatever kind of dance the new mayor feels he has to do to act like the Bears. It's possible the Bears don't leave Soldier Field. It's possible. Because they could Bears this up. They've been known to do this. And when you're, okay, you know what? <laughs> Neighborville looking looking pretty good out there. Really? You think anybody believes that? Nobody in Arlington Heights. They held a public meeting this week, and questions were asked by residents, and it was sponsored by a group that desperately wants the Bears. I think it's called Touchdown Arlington. They desperately want the Bears. And the Bears want things their way. Hi, we don't want to pay. We don't want to pay all the taxes. We want cost certainty. We want a limit on this. We, But we think this is really going to be a massive economic boom. Really? Then why won't you pay taxes on it? Why don't you want to do that? If it's all that you think it's going to be, why not? I don't, I don't want to see the legislature cave in. You got a business. You develop, and, and I'm with the Bears, the argument that the fact that you have this land, but it's not going to produce anything, that the value of it is lower because you're not able to profit off it. I could see, I'd be convinced you could lower that. You could lower the property tax assessment. Oh, but you still so. bought it with, you still bought it, you paid... million for it, and you you said, because this is going to be something. But right now, it's not, and won't be for a couple years. Okay. But it still has value for being what it is, even if the Bears were to resell it, however that was going to happen. And I do believe that they're going to resell part of this. They're going to sell off pieces of it. What the Bears really want is a stadium and a sports book and whatever else they can own benignly, I mean, sports book ideally should just, or casino, whatever they're going to get, should sort of run its, on, they'll just be, hi, we're here. Bears, the Bears Sino is here, and they'll get paid a lot of money for being the Bears. That's what they want. Make money in your sleep. That's the goal. I don't think they want to start becoming office landlords. I don't think they want to become townhome or condo developers. They'll be happy to sell you that part of it and profit off that. But I'm with the bear saying, we're not going to turn a profit on this thing. We're, we don't have any way to get income on this property now. So our property taxes should not be $95 million, which is still half of what they paid. And whatever Fritz Kegi is using is assessing it. He's using and assessing it. And there you go. But if it's going to be all you think it's going to be, all you say it's going to be, then you pay what you should. That's the way property taxes work. You get taxed on the value of your property and what it's producing. 
We're going to take a break. We will talk some Cubs. Look at that. While you were sleeping, they did something good. We'll talk about that with Michael Sharami of Bleacher Nation. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Giants down to their last strike, the one-two. Called strike three, and the Cubs win the ball game. Abbert Alzali strikes out Brandon Crawford looking. And this ball game is over, and the Cubs have beaten the Giants by a score of 3-2. to two. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Highlight courtesy of us. No, not me. I'm not Pat Hughes. But the score... Heard it last night. While you were sleeping, Adbert Alzali was finishing off a dandy outing. Cubs beat the Giants. And boy, that was. That strike three, Brandon stood there and looked at, oh yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm definitely out. I'm leaving. See you later. Welcome and welcome back. We're going to go back to the score hotline. It's presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Welcome to the show, Michael Sarami of Bleacher Nation. Michael, thanks for taking time out today. Yeah, thanks for having me on at uh, one twenty. The time baseball should be played. Yeah, uh, see, there you go. It's a very cub garbage, <laughs> very cub like thing. So here you are at one twenty, and we might as well start with what what could Marcus Stroman bring in a trade? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's it's a little complicated. It, I, I'm guessing you've seen earlier today. He, was out there talking about how he tried to approach the Cubs for uh, a possible extension on multiple occasions, but the Cubs uh, were so far reportedly not interested. Um, for what it's worth, that sort of tracks with what I would assume. But also to give you know a little bit of fairness to both sides here, it's pretty easy for a player to go seek an extension when he's having the uh, best year of his career. And Mark Stroman right now is having pretty close to, if not definitely the best year of his career. He's got – Great strikeout rate for him, um, that super elite ground ball rate, and that will likely mean that when the trade deadline comes around, the Cubs don't go on a miraculous run here, which I don't expect. 
um, that he would fetch a good amount in trade. Starting pitching and pitching in general is always highly sought after. The sort of confounding issue here with Stroman, though, why he might get a little bit less than people might otherwise anticipate is his opt-out at the end of the season. That complicates matters. Um, you know, if he stays healthy and productive, of course, he'll opt out and um, that would make things a little bit easier. But if he gets hurt or if he suddenly becomes extremely unproductive, he might look at that, you know, 20 million or so for 2024 and say, I want to stay in. And that might uh, create a little bit of an imbalance on finding value at the trade deadline uh, and the same goes for Drew Smiley for what that's worth. And that's why I want Cubs fans that anyone that's on the edge of like, I definitely want to trade Stroman to, to think twice because um, the return might not match the performance on the field, which has been truly, you know, phenomenal uh, leading the leagues and quality, leading the league in quality starts. And again, that ground ball rate is absolutely sky high elite levels. Michael Sarami is my guest. He's from Bleacher Nation. We're talking Cubs here. Stroman last night, six and two-thirds, six hits, two runs, four walks, five strikeouts, a 2.42 ERA. And the thing with the Cubs is, well, we were already seeing, we saw last weekend when they faced Darvish, they seemed to like trading their number one pitcher, their Cy Young candidate, and we're not sure of the reason. Well, I guess we know the reason. They traded Darvish. So Maybe you tell me. You follow this. I'm I'm still angry yeah, about sure. that because I thought <laughs> sure. I well, but I thought it was I thought he they quit. They quit in December. Hey, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, we're quitting baseball. We're trading Darvish for four guys who need work permits. You know, they're not even yeah. sixteen. And and one of the things that was whispered, and this is why it's I I'm still angry about this when they quit in twenty twenty. That one of the things that was whispered was you Darvish is on a six he's halfway through a six year contract and we all we all know these contracts aren't worthwhile. You're not getting what you paid for on the back end. So he has he pitched three years for the Cubs, he's in his third year with San Diego. So his Cubs ERA was three point six oh. His Padres ERA is three point seven three after he just shoved it up the Cubs giggy last week. His Cubs fielder independent pitching, I mean what he can control. For the Cubs, it was 377. For the Padres, it's 3.61. So he's gotten better. His whip, well, with the Cubs was 1.106. His whip for the with the Padres is 1.04. He's gotten better in a lot of ways. And this just makes me angry and seems to be if they're talking about whatever they might do with Stroman. Because you get rid of him, you're going to have to go find another Strowman, somebody like that. Um, do you hold similar grudges? Am I being ridiculous here? Am I like need to get over it? Well, I mean, you're not wrong on the sentiment for sure, and I I can't throw stones. I was tweeting about this yesterday. Insofar as I don't necessarily like that we give Jed Hoyer a little bit of credit for that deal. Um, because we say things like, well, the reason for that deal at the time is because the Cubs uh, and everyone in baseball didn't know if there was going to be any attendance, you know, in the following season. And who knows what's going to happen with revenue. And we're lucky that we got rid of Darvish at all. But even if you could let Jed Hoyer off the hook for that, well, then you have to stick the bill at, you know, Tom Rickett's feet. And together they make up the Cubs. And so I'm not letting anybody off the hook. Also complicating matters for making you angry and, you know, two years later is, there's really only one player from that trade, Owen Casey, who's you know emerged as anything 
notable. And the, the other three guys, uh, you know, while still around, are not quite playing up to anything that I think they would have projected at the time. Um, so it, it is it is a bit of a bummer. It is uh, it is frustrating. It's it, it, they the Cubs still haven't reaped the benefits of that trade two plus years later. Um, and yeah, sure, they're sort of going down a similar. Well, and I'll say the Padres gave Darvish another six year deal. So any I, a sense of you know expiring value on Darvish was incorrectly you know evaluated because literally they gave him more money, another six year deal. So. I am with you there, and it does sort of feel that way with Stroman. Um, and in a lot of ways, you know, although they're very different pitchers, they both sort of figured to age well. Darvish, because of his unique ability to throw every single pitch that has ever been invented, and Marcus <laughs> Stroman for his <laughs> Marcus Stroman for his unique athleticism and and attention to uh, his work ethic and attention to detail and his mindfulness. He's a guy that you sort of do say, well, you know what, this is a guy that I. I think could age well. And if there's any sort of, uh, I don't know, light at the end of this tunnel, I will say that for whatever it's worth, the Nico Horner and Ian Happ extensions both seemed dead on arrival at a certain point, Um, especially Ian Happ, which, you know, once the season started, we thought that was it. It's over. And then they got it done. So perhaps the Cubs have their method of uh, negotiation. And that includes these silent dead periods where we think there's no chance at a deal and eventually they come through. Uh, I think that it would be the, the difference, you know, with trading Darvish at the time they did and, and trying to trade Stroman now is that you need Stroman next year. Drew Smiley can opt out, and if he isn't extended, he probably will. He's having a great season. Kyle Hendricks can be a free agent. Hayden Wisniewski has not yet proven um, capable of sticking in the rotation. I still think he's got a good future, but the point is the Cubs are not overwhelming with starting pitching options. But they do have Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Nico Horner, guys that are ready to contribute right now. So you're going to want and need a guy like Stroman to anchor your rotation, especially because at a minimum, he's a guy that can eat innings. And he's obviously so much more than that, but he can cover innings for you. So I do hope the Cubs seriously consider extending him. Um, I do think there's a chance. Precedent shows that it's not always uh, done out in public. Uh, And Marcus Stroman, by contrast, is a very out in public type of player. Uh, so there's a little bit of an imbalance there, but maybe they'll get something done. And even better, how about the Cubs rattle off 10 wins in a row and we don't have to talk about this at all? Okay. All right. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Show. Terrific. <laughs> Michael Sarami is my guest. Bleacher Nation is where you can find his work and editorship, and we're talking Cubs baseball on the score. So the so Nick, Nick Medical is back, and, I mean, we're, where are they with – if they got to bring him back, if Miles Mastroboni wasn't the answer, and I didn't even know what the question was at that point, why? What are you waiting for to to add to this lineup? It's not a secret to anyone. And whatever you did with Dansby Swanson, it has been wonderful. He's a he is such a an, a, an ideal player in so many ways, an ideal human, an ideal teammate, and all of that. But somebody. You know, it's got to hit like Schwarber, right? So was there a question in there about Nick Madrigal? Or? Yeah, but it's just, you know, when it, I, I was using that, it, it, if you're bringing him back, he's not the answer. I don't know what the question is. Same no. thing with Miles Mastroponi. Right. And if you're going to do more than just get to 500, if you're going to compete, which I think you owe the fans, how does that line up? How does that square? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, listen, Nick Madrigal was not anyone that's under the impression that he was brought back because, you know, of what he did at Iowa, which I mean, to be fair. Yeah, sure. He crushed AAA pitching. He absolutely should have crushed, crushed AAA pitching. I'm pretty (laughs) confident that if, if Patrick wisdom went down to AAA, he would crush AAA pitching. Chris Morrell, who's struggling right now, crushed AAA pitching. Matt Mervis, who is struggling right now, hitting the ball hard, but struggling, crushed AAA pitching. There's obviously a difference. So that's not the reason they brought him back up. Sadly, the reason is what else are they going to do? Patrick Wisdom is defensively, he's fine at third base, but he has not been the answer offensively, even against lefties, for a very long stretch now. Chris Morrell, his defense is suspect enough at third base to make the Cubs uncomfortable gambling on the bat bouncing back, which again, for people that haven't been paying attention has been ice cold for a while. Miles Mastroboni is not getting anybody's love letters in, in Chicago and no one wants to see him start. So at a certain point you come back to Nick Madrigal and it's not about how he's going to help the Cubs. It's what else is there to lose? They literally can't do worse at the position and they are already, you know, nine games under 500 at a minimum. You need to see and give him every opportunity to, to really drive the nail home that he either is going to be a guy that can contribute to this team long-term or he isn't because they cannot, cannot uh, count uh, or plan to, to count on him or try it again as an experiment next year. They need to know by the end of this year if any of these guys are going to be answers. Uh, and the only way to do that is to give him, you know, opportunities. So when he does go down to AAA Iowa and break, which he did, I want to give him credit, and everybody else at the big league level is doing nothing. Well, you're a 26-year-old former first-round top-five pick. Let's go. Here's your, here's your opportunity. Play every day. If you can't do it, you can't do it. But you can't, we can't rely on, well, he didn't get the playing time. Because that is the worst excuse. Uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes relevant, but a lot of times it's not. So it's like, let's, that's what's in our control is playing time. So fine, Nick. Go out there. Play every day. His defensive third looked a lot better than I think any of us thought it would have, especially the arm, which, you know, by all accounts is not strong, but it's looked good at third. He's, he's made the plays. Let's see what you got. Um, Cause second and short are locked up for the foreseeable future. You're not going to get playing time there. So it's got to be third base. And I'm at least curious because again, there's really not much to lose, which is sad. <laughs> Do you, have you seen any update, any legitimate number? You, I'm sorry, any legitimate ETA for Bellinger? Uh, well, you know, the good news is he's heading out to Arizona to uh, play some center field. So I don't think there's been any actual date put on that, but I don't think they'd have him out there playing in the um, rookie league without, you know, a sense of uh, uh, his comeback being imminent. And, you know, Mike Talkman has filled in admirably. It's been great to have him. He's also a lefty. He's played hard. His, you know, he's not – Cody Bellinger at the plate or in center field, but he's, he's sustained. Uh, but, you know, again, he's not Cody Bellinger, so we do need him back. And then, you know, making it, you know, again, once again, complicating things is you kind of want Bellinger back as soon as possible, not only to see if he can maybe help the Cubs right the ship, but probably more likely because as a one-year rental player, he's a pretty ideal trade ship. He's a, you know, plus defensive center fielder who could play first base and is hitting the ball as well as he has since he was an MVP. So, yeah, the Cubs need him back soon. Um, the positive news is that uh, he is going out to play, um, and he's you know he's going to be running and, and and hitting and fielding. So I can't imagine it will take much longer. But I don't have any any actual update to provide. 
Michael Sarami is my guest. Bleacher Nation is the BleacherNation.com. You can find his stuff there. And we're talking Cubs here on the score. So Alzali and Lighter, and what do you believe? What do you believe will hold? And what if? What do you think going forward? How does that line up? Yeah, I think Everett Alzali is uh, really demonstrating. Um, why he needs to be considered probably the most trustworthy arm in the pen and whether or not the Cubs anoint him as, you know, the quote unquote closer, he should get the most high leverage spots. Most of the time that'll be save opportunities in the ninth, but you know, if the Cubs are up a run and it's the eighth inning in the middle of the lineup or top of the lineup is coming up, you might see him then. Um, I do think he's going to sort of emerge as that guy this year, which is huge. And the big development there has been his ability to, um, get lefties out, which was a big problem for him, especially when he was a starter, but even after he transformed into a reliever. So if he can keep on this track, I think the Cubs have maybe found something really useful there. Mark Leiter Jr. has been, you know, fantastic most of the season. And of course, in the last couple of weeks, he's given up a couple of really poorly timed bad outings that have led to losses. Um, but he's been good. And he's, uh, he's probably not a guy that, uh, the Cubs will keep past the deadline if they're out of it. Um, again, as they are you know, currently on trajectory to be, I think what Mark Leiter Jr. is one of those guys that could be traded. So for now, I think you'll see him in the, the eighth inning. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty much those two guys and Julian Merriweather are the circle of trust for David <laughs> Ross at the moment. And, you know, it's a bummer because, um, you would love for these sort of emergency, like, you know, guys like Julian Merriweather, Abbott Azalei, Mark Leiter Jr., if they were to have emerged alongside the core relievers, which would have been Keegan Thompson, Brad Boxberger, Michael Fulmer, suddenly you're looking at a bullpen with six guys that you're feeling really good about. Those uh, latter three guys that I mentioned, they were supposed to be the foundation of this bullpen that provided cover for David Ross to figure out which of his other relievers are going to have good years. Unfortunately, those three imploded along with everybody else besides those three players. So you were left with a lot of, you know, winnable games being lost and a lot of time before we figured out Albert Alzali is the guy for the ninth inning and so on. So it's been, uh, it's been nothing but a struggle for the Cubs bullpen this year. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if there's, if there's much help on the way. There's a few uh, more arms at uh, AAA, the Cubs have also converted a couple of other starting pitching prospects into relievers, uh, theoretically with an eye on fast-tracking their deployment to the big leagues as relievers to sort of expose them to big league batters and continue their development while also contributing. So there is some help, but it's not going to be uh, significant um, or anything that anyone should count on. It would only be pleasant surprises from here on out. So until something changes, Everett Elzelay, you get the nine. Mark Leiter Jr., Julian Merriweather, you guys are other high-leverage moments in the 7th and 8th and um, whenever the game's on the line. Michael, I appreciate your time. Thanks for the insight. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Michael Sharami, Bleacher Nation. Talking Cubs here on score. This just fits fits and spurts the way this stuff gets worked out, trying to get worked. Bullpens turn over by half, even on good teams, every season. That's just the way it goes. You got to expect it. And okay, if you come out of this, if your bullpen story is this year is Alzelay's our guy, then that's, I guess, that's a worthwhile season. 
That's a worthwhile. Okay, we know who can. We know who the back end is. We knew who the ninth. We know who the ninth inning guy is. That's what we're going to do. At least that's something that shows progress. Where they had been able to put together bullpens pretty well, pretty respectably, give the manager legitimate options. But it was there was we went through a lot of this season where David Ross looked like the village idiot. Like, what are you doing that? Well, no, 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 that guy. This guy's bad. This guy's hurt. This guy's hurt while being bad. And oh, so if it's Alzali in a season where you should expect nothing, actually, you should expect a lot from a team in a big market. You should expect a lot more than you're getting from a team in a big market with a well healed owner. You should expect. Now, if the guys don't perform, they don't perform. But you should expect more. You should be getting more. But then you got to dial it down. Okay, we we come out of this, we got a closer. All right, I guess. At least we know where the bullpen ends. If we can get to that point, if we can get enough arms to get to that point, the bullpens turn over by half. Every year, even on good teams. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back... We have, before we go, the cultural zeitgeist. Look, golf brought the worst thing you could see this week. The BGA, the Bonesaw Golf Association. But golf also gave me one of the best things I saw this week. And also, it's the anniversary of, as we review where my rap name voting is because we have a web poll going. Rap, the, the nexus of rap and baseball. And we need to share that. We need to hand down this lore to the next generation. Because we're givers here. We're, we're pleasers, not teasers here. So that's what we're going to do. And you can't touch this. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Can't touch this. Touch this. Can't yeah. Touch this. Can't touch this. My 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 Can't my music hits me so hard, makes me say, "Oh my lord, thank you for blessing me." What am I to run and do? Can't touch this. Stanley Burrell. Welcome and welcome back, Chicago's Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score cultural zeitgeist portion. Why are we playing that, Tyler Buterbaum? Because today is his anniversary of when the song came out. It was when the out. Al- well, actually, is the anniversary when the album. Yes, the whole album of "Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Them." Reach number one, only the second rap album ever to reach number one in the United States. This happened in 1990. You can't touch MC Hammer. The story of MZ Hammer is a sports story. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if our audience out there knows this, but we I feel compelled to hand down this lore because MC Hammer is a baseball story. <clears throat> the rapper of the You Can't Touch This, Too Legit to Quit is a baseball story. This is an 11-year-old kid. He'd be doing he'd be doing splits and all kinds of activities in the 
hanging out in Oakland Coliseum parking lot. And he was noticed by Charlie Finley, the eccentric owner of the A's, who also had offices in Chicago. Charlie Finley noticed him, and the players noticed him, and the players decided he had a resemblance to Henry Aaron. You know what Henry Aaron's nickname was? I don't believe so. The Hammer. Ah. Hammer and Henry Aaron, Hammer and Hank Aaron, the Hammer. So, Finley took a liking to him. The players were amused by this 11-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid, Stanley Burrell. (laughs) And Stanley Burrell was made the vice president of the A's. He was basically Finley's spy. He was called Hammer, and he was Finley's spy, and then they figured it out. Then the players figured it out because what happened was Finley wasn't in Oakland anymore. He was back here in Chicago. He was running his insurance company. And what would happen is Stanley Burrell, MC Hammer, Hammer would get in the elevator, go make make way for the Veep, make way for the vice president, and he would take the, what passed for a suite, he'd take the elevator up to wherever he was, and, and he would report. He would tell Finley, what was going on? Sometimes play by this. play. Yeah. It was it. MCU. So in 1990, he had this. He had. He had <laughs> number one album in America. I love the idea that he was, that it was a baseball-related story. And there you go. That's That's your cultural zeitgeist. One of your pieces of history there. Best thing I saw this week? Well, the worst thing, obviously, was the BGA, the Bonesaw Golf Association. But golf also provided something wonderful this week. Victor Hovland, he won the the memorial. It was in Ohio. So how do you celebrate? What do you do the day after? You caddy 36 holes for your college roommate college teammate. So Victor Hovland won a playoff Sunday at Muirfield last Sunday. And there he was on the bag for Zach Boshu, his former roommate, golf partner at Oklahoma State. They'd gone to dinner, and (laughs) as the week's going on, and Zach says, say, why don't you do it? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. So... Hovland was one shot out of the lead on Saturday. He closes with a two under 70 and then wins the playoff over Denny McCarthy. And then he goes out and he's on the bag. He's caddying for his college roommate. Unfortunately, his roommate failed to qualify, so it doesn't have that happy of an ending. But I just love the idea. The guy who just won a golf tournament, he's going to go out. He's going to carry the bag. His buddy, that's brutal. That's <laughs> that's still great. Oh, it's I, awesome I, I, though. It's great. Um, you, if you, this is something you could only learn from from Rick Camp, who, along with Jay Zawaski, founded the I'm Fat podcast. Rick had tweeted this out 
at Jay Zawoski, our calling has been found. And what it was, was a job summary. And it says, UW-Madison is hiring professional cheese eaters. That's what, that's what it says. The job summary says this. The Center for Dairy Research is looking for individuals passionate about all types of foods, but especially cheese, pizza, and other dairy products. Once hired, we will train you to become part of a group of expert tasters capable of verbally describing their sensory experience on the basis of appearance, texture, taste, and aroma attributes for research and product development purposes. Panelists should expect to be tasting up to 24 cheese samples and 12 pizzas a week, along with other food products. I assume, knowing Rick and Jay, having seen them, that 12 pizzas is not a week, but a day. I would assume that's the the way they work. UW-Madison is looking for professional cheese eaters. A cheeseburger kid, fat boy. And uh, the passing of Roger Craig left, there's so much baseball lore in there, with the Cubs, with the Sox. He was on the 1962 Mets, who went 40 and 120. He taught the split-finger fastball to the likes of Bruce Souter. Roger Craig, a baseball legend and I think a 20-game loser in 1962. All right. Tyler Buterbaugh, we got through it. Hell yeah, we did. The rap poll, is it still DJ Jazzy Jew? Did that win it? It sounds like it looks, yeah. DJ Jazzy Jew lives another week. All right, if nobody important listened to this, we'll be back next week. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. it. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 
hearts. <laughs>